Howdy. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 122, and we're continuing our series on the story of scripture. And today we're going to talk about how God calls a nation. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So this is our little paragraph chapter summary that we've written for the section of scripture in which God calls a nation, which is um, Exodus and the law and Joshua. So after almost 400 years in Egypt and terrible slavery, Moses is born. Because of a horrible decree, he was supposed to be killed, but God's sovereignty is a beautiful thing. He's put in a basket in the Nile River and the princess finds him. When Moses grows up, God calls him to be the one to lead the exodus of God's people out of slavery into the promised land. Moses doesn't think he can do it, but God sends plagues and leads the people out of Egypt and across the Red Sea on dry land. After the exodus, God gives Moses the law and Ten Commandments, which point to the gospel by showing our need for a Savior, and that we are saved by grace, not works. God's people, Israel, flip back and forth between choosing to trust God and choosing their own ways. Ultimately, they have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. During this time, God continues to provide for them. Moses raises up a leader named Joshua. Joshua leads God's people at the Battle of Jericho. Joshua fought the battle. I know. I always want to sing that. <laughs> so a lot of us are pretty familiar with like this, you know, the, the felt board story. general if you story. Will, yeah. Where, you know, Moses, the baby mm-hmm. in the basket. Yeah. And, um, there's some really beautiful truths that can be pulled out from this. But I think trying to think of this whole section as a whole um it's, it's pointing to the promises of what happens in the life of a believer. So Spurgeon says, um, just like how we look at the, how we look at the story of Exodus, we can look at ourselves because God said, um, Spurgeon says, God is saying to us, (laughs) I will break the power of sin. I will set the captives free to the praise and the glory of my grace. And that's what we see in the Exodus, right? We see that, that, God is the one who shows up after 400 Mm -hmm. years in slavery, and he is the one who's breaking this cycle, and he is the one who's setting the captives free. Um, And and that's the truth for our own life. life. And I I listened to a a sermon by J.A. Metters. It was called God Wins Every Time, and it was about, about the Exodus. And he was talking about, he said, the Exodus is the history of redemption of God's people for himself, which sounds very similar to how what we say the story of the Bible is, mm-hmm. is the history story or the story of, of God's redemption. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it is, it's a good, um, if you zoom in, right, it's a good zooming in, which is kind of symbolic if you zoom out of the whole Bible. Do you, do you get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's God's redemption, but we're seeing it on the scale of a nation uh-huh. versus when Jesus comes, we see God's redemption on the scale of humanity. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about this several times so far in this series, but um, this part of scripture is very important to understand scripture mm. as a whole. Mm-hmm. We said that last week with the patriarchs mm-hmm. because that's true, but it's also true of this. Mm-hmm. Like if you are to read um, the rest of the Old Testament or even the New Testament and not understand the exodus of the Israelites and mm-hmm. like how big that was in their history, then you're going to have a hard time understanding um, other parts of scripture. You're going to have a hard time understanding why they have certain festivals you're going to have a hard time understanding like what the passover is um when they refer to 
God leading them out of slavery. Like, um, so this section is just important to, to have a good grasp on. Yeah. And when Jesus says like that, he fulfills the, the law, like exactly. Yeah. What do you, yep. you won't what understand law? what that means? Right. Yeah. And I think like even just tying the connections between, because we're doing this in episodes, it can feel like maybe disconnected but just trying to remember like we left off with them growing in number and becoming slaves to the Egyptians we Mm -hmm. pick up with them still in that slavery and God calling Moses to lead them out of that slavery right because the whole point of this is to remind us this is this is one story Mm -hmm. so it's not like oh we moved on from Joseph now we're, we're doing something different we're still those are still God's people, the Israelites, mm-hmm. and we're continuing on with that. The way story. they got to Egypt, Egypt was right. through Joseph. When right. his brothers sold him into slavery, into Egypt, yep. that's how Joseph got there. Then Joseph's family came, and mm-hmm. all the people came because there was famine in their land. They came mm-hmm. for food, and that's how they got to Egypt. Yep. So like Aaron said, like it's important to remember, okay, we are continuing the story. Yep. Now they've been there 400 years, and they've been slaves. Mm-hmm. And even like tying together like the promises that God had made that we talked about last week, um, Exodus, can we can help understand it better by remembering the promises that the Lord made to Abraham, right? He mm-hmm. promised him land in offspring and and that he would be a blessing and so those promises are going to continue to be fulfilled Mm -hmm. um, ultimately in Jesus but also continue to be fulfilled throughout the story so when God is providing this exodus for them he's he's being faithful to those promises Mm -hmm. he's providing a land for them. They're growing in number. They're growing in number. We're already seeing those promises mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. fulfilled. And he is with them. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. So um, just kind of another recap. We already talked about it some in our little paragraph, but Moses' mother puts him in a basket to save him because there had been this decree to kill all the baby boys mm-hmm. um, in, in Egypt. And so he put him in the Nile ri- or she put him in the Nile River and his sister was watching. Pharaoh's daughter finds him and his sister um, asks if she wants her to find someone to nurse the baby, which was common practice then because mm-hmm. Pharaoh's daughter couldn't nurse the baby. She mm-hmm. hadn't had the baby. And so she says, yes, yeah, sure. So um, his sister naturally takes him back to Moses's mother and mm-hmm. Moses's mother gets to nurse him until he is weaned. And then he goes back to Pharaoh's house. But this is just beautiful. I always love this part of the story because what a gift yeah. for his mother to get to nurse him. And then he got to be alive. And, and, yeah, exactly. So he not only lived, but then she was able mm-hmm. to um, raise him for a few Such years. Kindness, and I love it how is. in the paragraph we we have it says like God's sovereignty is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. because that's exactly what it is. Oh, it's absolutely, yeah, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so then. One day, God comes to Moses in a burning bush and tells him he's going to be the one to lead God's people out out of Egypt. And Moses is like, "What?" <laughs> me why you know I mean he doubts that he can do it he's like I'm I'm nobody special mm-hmm. um but God and he has sinned well you know what I'm right. saying so he probably right. doubted yeah. his worthiness mm. oh for sure for yeah. sure um and but God says no you know I'll be with you I'm gonna mm-hmm. help you mm-hmm. um so then Moses goes to Pharaoh and Pharaoh refuses to release the Israelites and that's when God sends the plagues and you've probably heard about the plagues before that um, the frogs the locusts the blood. the blood in the river the yeah all the things um, but then the last one is um, when the firstborn in the house um, if if a house does not have blood over the doorpost the firstborn in the house dies and um, so the houses that do have the blood um is passed over Mm -hmm. and those babies don't die. And so that's where the Passover comes Mm -hmm. from. You'll hear about Passover a whole lot. Um, Anything else you want to say about Passover? Um, No. No. Okay. (laughs) Aaron's like, no, thanks. (laughs) 
<laughs> so then after that, um, Moses leads the people out of Egypt and through the dry sea, through the, the dry, dry sea, sea. <laughs> through the Red Sea on dry land, like this big sea. And so if you look, you can see the Red Sea on the map and you can see the route that the um, Israelites took out and God did it. Which again, this is land. one of those things like we've heard this a lot or if you were raised in the church like you may have heard this when you were a kid but like stop and think for a second mm -hmm. this actually happened mm -hmm. i have a friend that was talking about this the other day at lunch the specific story and i was like this is so funny because we're about to do yeah. a podcast on this but she was like think about it like think about how many people it was mm -hmm. i mean it was hundreds and hundreds of people right. i think she said actually thousands i can't remember the number now i would guess i mean yeah. it's been 400 years and they were increasing so much yeah, in number that thousands of people and so like she said that you know by the time the israelites got to one side the egyptians were probably following in right mm -hmm. behind them so you know it could have even been that god was keeping the waters up on one side as he was crashing uh, down the waters on the mm -hmm. other side like we don't know the yeah. specifics but just to think about like physically this did happen and how much of a a physical miracle it was yeah. you know and the yeah. the israelites like they saw that and her point was that even though they saw this big miracle we'll see them grumble in just a few minutes. But just to think about how big of a miracle that was. So I'm going to read this. This is Exodus 13, 21 through 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from, uh, did not depart from before the people. So this is a mm -hmm. promise that we're going to see. We We've talked about it on the last mm -hmm. episode. We're going to talk about it a lot on this episode, but this promise of God being with them, mm -hmm. like he was phys he physically showed himself um, to be with him as they were leaving Egypt. And then he will continue to be with them um, as they're on their way to the promised land. Yeah. And I love how you, you brought out that they, when Moses is was taught, teaching them about Abraham and the covenant God made with Abraham, they would be living this. Mm -hmm. They would be living with God yeah. providing the the smoke and the fire. Mm -hmm. And so it, that like I just love that tie mm -hmm. together with yeah. that covenant. Yeah, so cool. Thanks, Jen Wilkin. <laughs> <laughs> so then after this, um, like I kind of referred to, the the people were kind of were grumbling because mm -hmm. they didn't have food and they're like, why did you bring us out into the wilderness just to kill us from starvation? And of course God is good and God provided them food and um, mm -hmm. they still grumbled some back and forth. But during this time, God gives Moses the 10 commandments and the law. And through this, we see the Mosaic covenant. Mm -hmm. um, so like we talked about last week in a covenant there, there are some promises that are made. Um, and I got this from an old John Piper sermon, old meaning like in the eighties <laughs> and, um, the mosaic covenant is a little bit harder to understand. And it's to, not as clear. It's not concise. as clear cut yeah. as like the Noahic covenant or the Abrahamic covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, but these are the promises that we see through the Mosaic Covenant, that Israel will be God's special possession. Israel will be a kingdom of priests to God. Israel will be a holy nation. God will fight for Israel and overcome all her enemies. And God will treat Israel with grace and mercy and forgive her sins. So God makes these promises to um, 
to Moses in this covenant as he's giving him the Ten Commandments and the law. But before the covenant is even completely established, the people, while Moses was uh-huh. up on the mountain receiving uh-huh. this, the people have already made an idol. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that on last episode. Like you just continually seeing the people think that they um, know a better way. They mm-hmm. they want to make a name for themselves. So they build idols. They choose their ways instead of God's ways. So, um, even though the people had already done this, this is what God says in Exodus 34, six through seven. He says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So this covenant isn't, necessarily about the people keeping the law perfectly. It's about their faith. And so when he talks about the guilty in this verse, he's referring to those that don't have faith, but those that do have faith, he will forgive even when they don't keep the law perfectly. And this Mm -hmm. is such a good, um, like, this is pointing to, Mm -hmm. to Jesus Mm -hmm. and, and the covenant that we're under now, meaning it's, through faith, by grace, that we mm-hmm. have been saved, not any works of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the law can feel, it can feel very heavy or it can feel like we can look at it and think, okay, this is about my, um, not productivity, but my actions, my uh, actions or my yeah. works or things yeah, like works, that. Yeah. Um, and it can be confusing, like, are we still under the law? There's new covenant and all of that. And so our encouragement would be to just, to read these truths as they're written in scripture and to dig into them, like, like we say over and over again, but also to just to remind ourselves that, that Jesus has created a new covenant and that Jesus says that he has come to fulfill the law, but that doesn't mean there is no law anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. That means that we are to still use this as um, part of our sanctification guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And the law can also, continually show us our need for a savior Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. as I was reading through um, Deuteronomy and Leviticus and all the, all the um, books that have the law in them, it like Aaron said, it feels so overwhelming and it's just like, there's no way I could ever keep all of these. And like you said, like we're not supposed to necessarily, they are good guidelines, but it was continually t- continually showing me my depravity and mm, continually mm-hmm. showing me, yeah, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But Jesus has fulfilled that and I need him right. to to cover me mm-hmm. for all of this. Yeah. Um, and so that's a good reminder as you're reading through the law, just be like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Now that's not an excuse for going out and stealing things or committing murder or whatever. Like, Oh, Jesus got me covered. No. (laughs) Paul would say by no means, by no means. (laughs) Um, but it does, it points us to our need for a savior for sure. Yeah. And I think maybe this would be a good kind of reflection, reflective point of just recognizing as you read, whether it's the law or as you read the Israelites and their continual going back and forth between grumbling and being grateful, or maybe it's as you're thinking about Moses and how he was insecure in the calling that God had on his life. Mm -hmm. And, and as we're reading these things, like we always say, like we want to look for God in his character. And then after we do that, we want to kind of like Casey, Casey is saying, like look to ourselves and see where, where is the Lord maybe convicting me or 
or where, why am I relating to this, this story or why am I so pushing against this Mm, or, and, and ask the Lord to kind of just reveal to you, Hey, am I being like the Israelites right now? Like, am I just grumbling all the time or am I being like Moses where I'm like, God, you can't use me for that. I'm not good enough for that. And Mm -hmm. am I putting it back on myself? Am I making idols literally during church basically is what they were doing, right? Like they were making idols while Moses was talking with God, you know, or, you know, I think it's just, it's helpful for us to, especially in series like this, where we're going big story of scripture and maybe you're, you're reading longer passages and things like that. Um, like we said, always look for God's character, but also we don't want this to just be information. Like we said at the beginning, like we want this to be transformative. We want this to be head, heart and hands. So maybe just ask the Lord, like as you're hearing this and as you're spending time in these scriptures throughout the week, like ask the Lord to show you one thing you can Mm -hmm. confess or one thing you can use to encourage someone else or one thing so that it's not just information because um, we've talked, I think we've talked about this before a long time ago, but people tend to come to their scriptures either um, for mainly for knowledge or mainly for feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think this has been said different ways, but we're kind of wired differently about at least women I've asked, it tends to be about 50, 50, 50, mm-hmm. 50, um, half want come to their scripture and want some sort of experience or emotional. Um, they want to meet with God in a way that they feel. Mm-hmm. And then the other half is, um, more like you want to come to learn something mm-hmm. and they're both good. Yeah. Neither of yeah. those are wrong. Mm-hmm. We need both. Mm-hmm. And so just recognizing as we're doing this, it is a lot of learning. So maybe a way to kind of combat that and include the meeting with God emotionally and, and having it be transformative, it would be to just like spend some time in prayer over these mm-hmm. things um, and asking the Lord to like reveal to you how you can live differently. Um, Cause I realized this is a lot of, a lot of learning. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to think of ways. Yeah. That we can- Another thing you can do. And I think I think maybe you said this on one of our past episodes or maybe someone we had on said this, but spend some time in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I had never done that until we started this series. Yeah. I've been spending time in the Psalms And a lot. Yeah. this series, I, w- I started kind of doing it to prepare for our wisdom literature mm-hmm. episode, but then I realized how much it was helping me make that like head and heart connection Yeah, yeah. because everything is so like cerebral. Everything is so knowledge um, in terms of a timeline and names mm-hmm. and places and everything. Mm-hmm. When I started spending some time in the Psalms and I was able to connect the Psalms with kind of mm-hmm. the time period now that we're studying that and yeah. with David and knowing his story and what's going on, I was able to start feeling a little bit mm-hmm. more and realizing, okay, like it is about the heart too. Yeah. Um, Um, So I think that's another good practical thing is after, after you've spent some time, like just learning, 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 like maybe spend some time in the Psalms Mm -hmm. or Proverbs or, um, yeah, one of those books. So you can really like, um, connect with those emotions because God gave us those emotions. Yeah. Sorry. That was a total tangent. That was a tangent. I'm sorry. Apparently somebody needed to hear that. (laughs) It could could just be Maybe we needed to hear it ourselves (laughs) because we have been doing a lot of studying. Um, so 
anyway, so Ten Commandments, I'm like, where were we? Ten Commandments. <laughs> tangent. Because sorry. of their lack of faith, because the fact that they keep, you know, going back and forth and, and God ends up telling the Israelites that they have to spend 40 years um, wondering um, before they reach the promised land. It mm-hmm. should not have taken 40 years. If you look on the map right, right. from Egypt to the promised land, which is Canaan. I think I read somewhere that they could have Israel, done in 40 days. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like it is not that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took them 40 years mm-hmm. uh, because that's that's what God said. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but the cool thing is God was with them all the way. Mm-hmm. And so we started, you know, um, pretty much right after the Exodus, God says, I'm going to be with you. He was with them in the um, pillar of cloud and the fire. Mm-hmm. And so this is at the end of Exodus, mm-hmm. Exodus 40, 38. He said, it says for the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys, mm-hmm. throughout all their journeys. Mm-hmm. So even though he said, you don't have faith, you know, you don't. And part of that story, that's a whole nother story. And we'll talk about it in a minute with Joshua, but, um, they didn't believe he could do what he said he was going to do. And God said, because of that, you are going to wonder, but I am not going to leave you. Mm -hmm. And, and, and God is just like, he does above and beyond what, I mean, none of this is required of him. So all of it is above and beyond. But I, I, I love to just point out the fact that he's with them. There's like, there's so many different layers to this, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Onions. Yes. God is like onions. He has a lot of layers. (laughs) Ogres are like onions. Okay. We watched Shrek the other night and I couldn't believe there's actually bad words in it. And I was like, I don't remember that from when I was a kid. Oh, really? Okay. Tangent. Man, rain it in, Aaron. Jeez. (laughs) It's the third one we've recorded in a row. So we're like, ooh. (laughs) So, okay. My point was that God, not only is he with them, like he's tangibly represented with the fire and the mm-hmm. tangibly, I don't know if that's the right word, but he, he promises Physically. to be with them yeah. and he's with them in those ways, but then he's also providing manna for them. Mm-hmm. So he's meeting, he's, he's with providing. them he's with them physically. Mm-hmm. He's providing for them physically. Mm-hmm. So he's caring for their physical need. So he's caring for their spiritual need by drawing near to them. Mm-hmm. He's caring for their physical need by providing food for them. And then he's caring for their relational, spiritual, emotional, all of those needs by giving them the law. Yeah. And so yeah. he he's, he's so dimensional that he's mm-hmm. not only, and this is so true for us today, right? Like he's, he loves to show up in ways for us, sometimes in physical ways, sometimes mm-hmm. in spiritual ways, in all these different ways. And he's always with us. And then he does these things that are above and beyond. Mm -hmm. But I like kind of thinking about it that he thought of every need they would have. Oh yeah. And he met those through, through the law, which we don't think of that. Right. We think of the law as we often would think of it as oppressive, Mm -hmm. but honestly he's meeting their needs Mm -hmm. in, in all these different ways, Mm -hmm. which is just overly kind of him. It is. It is. So what's another promise we see in this section of scripture? So we see that he's, he's fulfilling the promise of, of giving them a, a place mm-hmm. of giving them land that he, like he promised mm-hmm. to Abraham. Yeah. And I had never really thought about this, but um, I think this was on that same knowing faith podcast, but they, they were kind of talking about this and then I kind of dug a little deeper into it, but um, how God is concerned mm-hmm with places. We've talked a yeah. lot about how God yeah. is concerned with people and we included places, but I, I had never really made the connection of how much he cares about places yeah. because what the person was talking about on the podcast, they said, 
Like heaven is not just like floating around ethereal, like ghost-like things. Like it's heaven and earth. Like Mm -hmm. it's a place Mm -hmm. and so God is um, what he's doing here is he's saying I have a place for my people he's concerned with his people having a place yeah which is so interesting yeah it is interesting and it's just one of those things that I don't feel like we focus on a lot because it's it doesn't necessarily seem important Mm -hmm. and it does seem um like obvious almost like, well, we yeah, live in a place, so yeah, duh, but right, yeah, right. we don't and think of it as time and importance. Find, like an application point oh, from sure. places sure, sure. And, you know, like, so it's just something we don't think about a whole lot, but like I said, I've had a lot of fun and just learned a lot by like looking mm-hmm. at specific places mm-hmm. on the map, looking at pictures, like looking at, um, distances and things like that. And just seeing God through those things. It's mm. been really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, Let's um, move on to Joshua. So Joshua was Moses's assistant. Um, <laughs> I know it's it kind of funny, like but assistant. I think that's I think that's actually what it says, like in the Bible. Even. Oh, that's funny. Um, and you see him all the way back pretty early mm-hmm. after after the Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the twelve spies that Moses sent out, uh, to scope out Canaan. And so him and Caleb were the only ones that had faith that they could overcome the current occupants of the land. Um, and that's what I was referring to a minute ago when I said they didn't have faith that God mm-hmm. would do what he said because God had told him he would give them this land. But mm-hmm. these spies came back and they were like, there's no way we can defeat those Some people. big guys over there. Yeah. Um, but Caleb and and Joshua were the only two that that said, no, like, God's with us. We can totally do this. Mm-hmm. So they were the only two mm-hmm. that from that generation mm-hmm. were able to, to enter. The, enter. Yeah. That was part of why they had to. Well, that is the reason they had to wonder for mm-hmm. 40 years. And they were the only two of that gender a, g- generation. Gen- <laughs> <laughs> generation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, um. After the 40 years of wondering and after Moses dies, um, Joshua sends spies once again into Jericho and a prostitute named Rahab houses them and keeps them safe. And this is actually super cool because, you know, I like to talk about the lineage of Jesus. Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus. And we'll see exactly how that happens next week. Mm -hmm. But that's just that's just really cool. And that's part of why she's so significant and her obedience is significant because she helped God's people, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So then Joshua leads the people across the Jordan River, again on dry land. Mm -hmm. And so we see echoes of when God did this 40 years prior with the Red Sea. And Joshua defeats Jericho. I love that that story with Rahab is included in scripture. I mean... I, I just I love any time we get to like zoom in on stories that include women. Mm, but yeah. I think Rahab is such a unique situation because it seems um, it just seems kind of like she was someone who wouldn't have been included in the story. But then she gets to have this beautiful she gets to be the one who like helps carry out God's mm-hmm. story. And I love that we don't we don't always pick up on that, but that could be something like God could be doing something through you or that you're continuing on God's story because of just your obedience. Right. And her obedience could have been very costly. It could have been. Yeah. And so just yeah. like reminding ourselves like it's not for us. It's not for our name. It's mm-hmm. not for our glory. It's it you know, it might be risky for us, but ultimately what's 
best for us is obedience mm-hmm. to God. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've always heard that story and I'm like, why do people what why is she so significant, mm-hmm. you know? And now that I've actually studied, mm-hmm. I'm like there's a lot of reasons that yeah. she's so significant. Yeah. yeah. And and um your accent when you say wandering sounds like you're saying wandering. <laughs> Which is actually, I think is actually really cool in the story. Wondering, because wondering uh, you know. It sounds like you're saying wondering. Yeah. And so I'm like, that actually, as you're like, every time you say it, I'm like, okay, that actually is really quite true. Yeah. Because a lot of them were probably wondering, wondering what's going is on. Is God going to actually do what he said he would it's do? True. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. They were wandering. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, this is probably one of the most quoted verses in the whole Bible. It's Cadence's favorite. She has a shirt with it on it, but, um, it just continues to show that theme of God's Mm -hmm. presence with his people. And Mm -hmm. it's Joshua one nine. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. So we're continuing to see this, you know, we saw it with the cloud and the fire. And now Joshua is reminding them, like, be strong and courageous mm. and God is with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I so love how presence. scripture does that. I love how God, like, it's almost like he thinks he knows that we're going to forget it. You know, yeah, for he sure. knows that we're going to forget it. He knows that we're going to forget that he's with us always mm-hmm. as we go about our days, yeah. as we're washing our dishes, as we yeah. get pulled over and get a ticket, as we, you know, whatever it is, as we're folding laundry, as we're doing our homework, as or whatever, we don't think about it. Mm-hmm. We're not thinking about it. And so scripture over and over again says it. And it's like, don't forget God mm-hmm. is with you. God is with yep. you. God is with you. Yep. Um, and so I just, I love when we see, we see that repeated and repeated. Me too. So I think um, kind of just a, another promise we see being fulfilled here is that that God is faithful, right? He promised that they would enter this land. And yes, it's been 40 years, but yes, God has continued to be with them and, and has forgiven them when they have come back and recognize their right. grumbling hearts. He's offered forgiveness to them like like he said he would. And so God God is faithful. He will do what he promises and his story will continue. It will continue. It you, you can't stop what God is doing. Um, and, and Janie Ortland, she had a good quote on this. She said, God was continuing his great redemption story. He used a slave mother and her infant son. God keeps his promises to Israel and to you. Mm-hmm. And so if you're thinking like, I mean, there's so many things you could be thinking after thinking this. Like, maybe you're thinking like Moses, God couldn't use me. Like, God used a slave mother and an infant son. Mm -hmm. He can use anyone he wants to continue his story. He can use Rahab. He can use, yeah. Yes. God does. He's using you. He is using you. He will do that. Mm -hmm. He has a plan for you. Mm -hmm. I think that's easy to forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think an, just another kind of like ending application point is to, is to remember that that God wins every time. That's mm-hmm. what Jay mm-hmm. Metters talked about in that sermon. Like it seemed like they were slaves in Egypt and there was no way for them to get out. And and then God's like, I'm going to do this. And Moses like, it's like, OK, I'm going to go to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's like, no, but God wins mm-hmm. in the end. Mm-hmm. God wins every time, every time with Jesus. It was, the people thought they won. They killed him. God wins. Every time, same in your life, right? You think I've screwed this up too much. There's no way I can be redeemed. God wins every time. And he will in the end. Yes. Um, and we'll get to the consummation eventually. Yes, yes. But 
that's another thing my friend was reminding me about um, at our lunch on Friday because I struggle. If you've listened to this for very long, you know I struggle big time with health anxiety and I've mm-hmm. lost a lot of people in my life that I really, really love. And that's one of my fears is lo- uh, leaving my children and just all these things. And she reminded me, she's like, but Casey, like God wins. Like there's a kingdom waiting for you. And we'll talk about that more when we get to the gospels. Mm-hmm. And, and But there is like God always wins. So no matter what happens to me today, day, no matter what happens to my family tomorrow, God wins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think his way is, is always better. And that's another thing we're, we're seeing and have Mm -hmm. seen, right? Like we talked about the tower of Babel or with the patriarchs or, um, in every episode we we've been able to say like, God's design is good Mm -hmm. and his way is good. And so it's, so when, you know, thinking about this story in the Exodus, like Moses, it probably would have been a lot easier for him to just say, I don't, I don't want to do that. That sounds really hard. That's a lot of responsibility, but and we see he's insecure about it. Right. But then he's able to obey God and realize, okay, his way Mm -hmm. is better. And so if you're facing something that you're like, I don't really want to do that. It would be much easier for me. I feel like, especially in this season right now, it's like, I feel like it's really easy for us to kind of just stay in our own home Mm, or mm -hmm. to avoid things that might be hard, or I don't really want to share the gospel. That seems a little touchy right now. I don't really want to, you know, call out my, my close sister in sin because that seems really hard right now. But like God's way is not always easier. No. And this Mm. Taylor and I were talking about this yesterday is that just because something's hard doesn't mean that it's wrong. wrong. That actually might mean that it's right. Yeah. And that, and that God's way is always better. Not always easier. Don't hear me wrong. Like, but God's way is always better. Okay, so what's next week? Next week is first is Judges. Judges. Judges and Ruth. What did we call it on the thing? I can't even remember Judges now. and Ruth. Oh. No. Oh, <laughs> God oh. does what? God continues to be faithful even when his people are not, which is very similar to what we could have called the Exodus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's actually funny because Jonathan and I were talking and we were like, almost any title could cover almost yeah. any portion yeah. in reality because... God never changes. And this is about God. That's good. Come back next week.